0: Hey, everybody, Ah, we're back. Um, It's been a little while since we've uh, recorded. We haven't been back since the Mets season ended. Uh, Very quickly, uh, lots of disappointment there, of course. Lots of questions that need to be answered as to how this all happened, uh, what to do moving forward. There's a lot of free agents uh, that the Mets have to make decisions on. There's a a lot of money to spend. Uh, Parlay, Jay. My guy, Parlay J Jerry from diamonds.com is back with us for this week's episode. And I think, you know, I guess I'm going to just shoot the question right to you, pal. Where do the Mets go from here? Do you, do you blow this thing up or do you think they have a good enough thing going here that they could just build? Uh, they,
1: they, they need a little more. I hate to say it cause their payroll is the where where it is right now, but the, they need a little more star power in that lineup. It's just uh they got away with uh, you know, the peaks and the valleys of, you know, when the the stars aren't aren't hitting, you have the guys in the bottom of the order that just miraculously were stepping up. It was timing was great all season. Uh as far as like this guy's slumping, this guy's going off. This guy's slumping, this guy's going off. And and I just at the end of the season, they just ran out of gas. Those uh the, the guys in the bottom of the lineup became bottom of the lineup guys, and the guys in the top of the lineup weren't really producing. Uh, so it just really became, uh, you know, you, you, you want to see a consistent DH, obviously there's just, there's a lot of big names out there too. So it's, uh, it's, it's cool to speculate and and see what we, we go after. Uh, obviously the top of the heap is, uh, Aaron judge is going to be a free agent, but he, uh, he, he kissed that Yankee logo on his Jersey. I don't know if you saw that. So I don't know. It's not a good sign for, uh, anybody else.
0: Oh, I, you know, I, I really – i I'm not putting too much stock into uh, him crossing over to the other side of town. Um, I, I do fully expect in the returns of the Yankees. I have been wrong before. You know, if the Mets want to make a run, of course, you know, as a Mets fan, I'm not against it. But that's a um, – it's going to be a big price tag, and it's probably going to cost you a little extra to get him out of the Bronx. So, um, you know, I think the Mets have – They got the pieces here. Clearly something went wrong down the stretch. There's, there's no question. Um, you know, I was even asking myself, I guess in the days after they were eliminated by the Padres, you know, it almost seemed like as the, as Atlanta kept on getting closer and closer and, uh, you know, eventually, you know, swept them in five games and then swept them in, you know, you just, you almost felt the pressure building with every at bat with every, you know, every pitch. And, um, you know, of course, outside looking in and a very, very, very third, third party perspective. It almost seemed like they kind of froze up um, in the moment. And it happened consistently. I mean, look at the Padres series. They they fell flat at the worst possible time. And, you know, this is baseball. You can't just turn a switch and show up. There are guys who can do that. But a whole team, it's very tough to accomplish Um You know, they ran into some good pitching and the guys that I don't want to say the guys that carry this team, because like you said, everyone kind of carried this team, even when the bigger guys who were supposed to you know, carry the weight weren't. There was a lot of contributions. But, you know, this uh, the roster fell short. The team fell short. I don't think there's any excuses towards it, but um, it's it's disappointing. I, I do think that there's enough here to make another run. And I do think that, you know, Steve Cohen has enough money and enough motivation to go out and, and you know, I guess reinforce to the point that you can go out and, and make a true run in a World Series title. And who knows? It might it might only take ninety wins, but um yeah I mean, so I mean, look, t- look at the teams.
1: Look! At, look at who's left. I mean, you look at uh, you know, the Braves getting knocked out. You you have teams that were struggling all year and kind of, I guess, got hot hot at the right time. It's it's yeah. baseball is such a weird sport. It's like it's so hard to put stock into. Uh, it, you know it is obviously a disappointing season regardless but like you you look at the Dodgers going down the, the, the superstar Dodgers going down you yeah. look at the superstar Braves going down favorites for the World Series the Mets were favorites you know up there at one point 101 win team and that you, you got the scraps left over like do you do you blame the 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 format uh you know that's a big question right now is the the format screwing people up it's uh
0: i i well, just i don't know what it is see the format, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with the format. I think that over time we'll figure out if the the buy series really does have an effect because you know guys come back from the IL all the time and and snap right back into form. Teams come out of the All Star break and they go right back to what they were doing. I, I'm not totally sold or buying into the 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 break, you know kind of set these teams up for failure. I'm not sure to, I'm not ready to give a positive answer, but I'm also not ready to say, oh yeah, this is why they lost, you know, winning a hundred games in the regular season is a great accomplishment, but everybody knows once the regular season ends, it's a tournament. You know, you, you can't just show up and say, oh, look at what we did during the regular season. We're going to beat these guys. Look at the Mets. <laughs> look what they did. Look what they did during the regular season. And they got, you know, their, their hats handed back to them by the Padres. And now the Padres are in the, you know, the, the NLCS after knocking off the mighty Dodgers. But, you know, to win the win a championship, you got to earn it. Look at the Dodgers. Uh, the, excuse me. The uh, the Braves last year. They won 88 games. They knocked off three 95 plus win teams in the playoffs and won a World Series. 2019 Nets. They went on a terrific run. And really played the spoiler. I mean, I don't think anyone expected them to to knock off the Astros. And they did. I mean, but you can even go back to the before divisional formats. The 1959 Los Angeles Dodgers, you know, they won 87, 88 games. And they beat the Chicago White Sox in the World Series handily. No problem. Beat them in five games. Not an issue. This is baseball. You can't just, you know oh, well, you know, this team's going to win because look at all these stars. Nope, <laughs> it's baseball. It's just, it's to me, it's beautiful. I can't understand why people are so you know, up in arms over it. it. It was a bit
1: surprising for me. I was kind of caught off guard by the, you know, the September that they had because all season, the, their game plan seemed foolproof, which is the the small ball, uh, base hits, hitting the ball to all fields. And all season, I'm saying to myself, this this is almost like it can't really fail for a, a period of time it's just it's so consistent uh you know you'll have guys struggling you know at the top of the lineup striking out but then you have guys coming in getting two hits down down in the bottom of the lineup it, it, just doing little things small ball stealing bases uh, tag ups like uh and buck knows the rules so well he he knows how to, to manipulate games and it, it was just it just seemed like a team of destiny to at least make a nice run you know and then september came around and the bats just really went cold and all that magic you just feel it just draining out of the air so it kind of set us up for uh uh being like expected you know in the play a lot of mets fans uh you know as always you know we're pretty more on a negative side for most (laughs) fans anyway because of what we dealt with over the years but i think that uh that few weeks heading into the playoffs was really like set us up for like yeah this is this may not be it you know
0: it's you know me and taryn were recording I guess leading into the Padres series and, and I'm sorry, it wasn't me and Taron. Taron was off. I was with James Mastrucci and we were talking um, about Cleveland. We we're talking about the Mets series. And I mentioned how, you know, I thought Cleveland could, uh, could certainly, you know, knock off, uh, knock off, uh, not Seattle. Who do they play in the first round? Uh, anyway, I, I, th- I thought that they could match up well with the Yankees and, I mentioned, I said that, you know, the Padres are... No, oh, I'm sorry. It was uh, it was my other guest, uh, my buddy from Friars on the farm. Um, and I mentioned, I mean, the Padres is not a team that you can sleep on, no, no matter if you're the Mets, no matter if you're anyone. They, they have the star power. They have pitching. They have bullpen. You know, they might not be the flashiest team on paper. Some of that roster is. And, you know, those trade deadline moves... You know, they were huge, but, you know, the way that the team was attacked, and this we kind of talked about in depth in the last, in the last episode, the way the teams were attacking the Juan Sotos and the Josh Bells throughout the second half, they barely saw any end zone pitches. They barely saw any first-pitch strikes. Um, and the Mets really didn't seem to follow that blueprint at all. It's not like, you know, I think Bell hit a big home run, and, you know, Soda didn't have a monster series. But, you know, if you don't take care of business in some areas – the other area is going to come and bite you, and and that's kind of it. Felt like that's what happened against the Padres, and the Mets just really didn't execute. I mean, their pitching wasn't there on Sunday night. Bassett just uh, it felt like he couldn't throw a strike or couldn't throw two strikes in a row. It was it was tough. Yeah, Sadly, it-, it was a hell of a win, but.
1: Shurs are yeah. getting rocked i mean that was not expected uh Nobody at all expected. i mean what this freaking trent grisham guy like where, where did this guy come from this guy's hitting home runs off back-to-back side young winners yeah. uh that was that, that, that's something you can't predict uh, at all you know he kind of set the tone for that series for them it, it was uh kind of incredible but you know it, it it was they just like they did they lost a lot of their confidence you know going into that that series like you know you just felt it in the air and yeah uh this team definitely needs another leader in the uh in the lineup another you know what about a guy like like jock peterson you know some someone like that that has the experience he's a real good clubhouse guy you know he, he wouldn't he wouldn't be too expensive that'll be a nice little addition you know for for a DH next year
0: absolutely um i wouldn't i would be on board with um dan Vogelback. Being back in the mix, he yeah. I think he play, I think he he took a lot of heat because he was supposed to be like, oh, you know, this is the guy we brought in to be the DH. Him and and of course Darren Ruff, who felt you know, oh god, but you know Vogelback, he hit I believe somewhere around two seventy down the stretch. He had a a weighted run created plus well over hundred twenty during his time with the Mets. I'd be absolutely on board, and I think I want to say he's still signed through. Next season, possibly the year after. But, you know, the Mets have a lot of decisions to make. I mean, they can go out into the market and poke around. But, you know, I could read off this list of free agents. It's half an all-star team. You know, Jacob DeGrom, Edwin Diaz, Brandon Nimmo, Chris Bassett, Adam Adovino, Taiwan Walker, Seth Lugo, and Trevor May. Um, Safe to say they're bringing back Jake. They're bringing back Diaz. They're bringing back Nimmo. They're bringing back Bassett or at least doing everything they can to bring Mm. those guys back. Right.
1: You have to replace out I mean, look, he overachieved uh, by a long shot this year. He was fantastic all season, but maybe, maybe one or two, you know, rough spots, but he was fantastic. And that's something that, uh, how do you go out there and get that kind of value off a guy? Like you just got to have a good analytics team to get some value because you can't overspend on, you know, a bullpen arm and then you're overspending on this and you want to get another bat, like before
0: you know it, you're gonna have a three hundred million dollar payroll and out of, out of you know, came cheap. Hey, it's uh, not my money, man. I don't mind. <laughs> but you know what? You can look back to the Aaron Loop thing last winter and you know the Mets really never made the effort to replace the left hander in or well the quote unquote Loogie in their pen. And you know they the 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 team suffered, the bullpen suffered at times because of that. And, you know, it's, um, I guess it's all part of the puzzle. You just kind of put it all together the right way, but, you know, I, I like the direction this team was heading all year. They were one of the best teams in baseball for 90% of the season. And, you know, it, like we said earlier, hundred and win, hundred one wins is it's an accomplishment. Um, but yeah,
1: you yeah. know one 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 difference uh, that could that obviously could have made a difference. They ended up tied uh, record wise. I think they, they they did they go thirteen and fourteen in Scherzer and the Grom starts this year.
0: Oh, I don't know the exact numbers. I
1: but, think they um, went under five hundred when those two started games this year. That is. Unacceptable, especially with the season that both of them had, even though the ground wasn't what we're used to. He was still fantastic. Scherzer Whoa. was great. I mean, you can't sell those starts and, and, and then all of a sudden your, your lineup's going off the next day for Bassett or Walker or something. You, this it's like a curse. I don't get it. Like what the mentality is when these aces take the mounds and, and, and the players are just like, ah, the pitchers got it. We'll score one or two. runs. Like It just, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. It, it literally, literally, almost is like a curse. We've seen what the for years now
0: oh we've seen it with Degrom. i mean you know that's going to be a a storyline a narrative well after jacob Degrom retires is you know how is this guy one of the probably the greatest pitcher of his generation and you know he's got a not like not that win-loss records mean much but you know he has more no decisions than a guy with you know double the career starts it's just you know it, it's almost unfathomable how it happens but I guess the playing devil's advocate, you almost have to wonder whether, you know, playing behind a pitcher like Jacob DeGrom or Max Scherzer and being expected to provide because they're going to put up zeros. All you have to do is score runs. Do you think that messes with players' minds? I just, I just at this point, stronger than that, right? I you mean, I, I
1: I don't get it I mean I played baseball my whole life but never at a you know a high level so I don't I, I just don't understand mentality because every game you go out there and you know you just play it's baseball it, it, it almost seems like a fluke but when it's at years going on now where it's the same thing <laughs> it's like what is going on when these guys step to the plate when their aces are on the mound it just I, I really don't understand it but it, I, that's a big difference right there that you should not be under 500 when your aces are on the mound it just that, that's that cause if that costs you a couple games look that's the, 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 the division Difference right there. You know, it's uh
0: and you nailed it. They played well for Bassett. I mean, Bassett won, I want to say over a half dozen starts in a row at one point during the season. Um, you know, it, it's it really makes you wonder where the disconnect was. That of course, you know, like we we said it a couple of times already, you felt things change over the course of the last few weeks of the season, over the course of the last couple of months of the season. You felt it. It was like a a, a slow moving train crash that you couldn't turn your head away from. It, it, it's still puzzling. Yo, know, We got to take a real quick break. We got to hear from the sponsors. And I almost forgot to do that last, the last two weeks. I almost <laughs> forgot take a quick, quick break. Um, hang tight. And me and Jerry are going to get into the championship series and what's good on the, in the world of wagering. So hold on. We'll be right back. Hang tight.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Okay, we're back. Sorry if that was a little awkward. I saw the clock and I said, Ooh, we got to rush that. <laughs> Jerry, um, so to close out our Mets conversation, full speed ahead, right? You know, you can't, you don't want to go out and see them spend 400 million to be disappointed. All I want to do is see them spend money wisely, not just go out and throw it out. I, I think we can kind of expect a measured approach, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe get a couple personalities. You know, it doesn't always have to be like I, we spoke about this last time uh, when when around the deadline we had a you know a show together and we I said I, I I want a personality in there. I want someone that uh that just makes everybody feel different in there, like they you know. I don't want to say, like, just joking around, but it just, you know, I, I can't describe it, but, like, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, you know, like a, a name that people respect
0: and... Give me eight Francisco Lindor's. Is that what you can <laughs> yeah. do that. I mean, I'm sure we could figure that out, but, um, you know, that type of enthusiasm and energy and support for his teammates and support for his coaches, you know, that's a blueprint for the type of player you want. Of course, in the, the season that he put together on the field this year, but you know, how, how do you make, how do you get that to spread? I mean, at what, I'm just so curious and I guess I'm thinking out loud, but at what point does that clubhouse just become overwhelmed with what's going on around them that they just stopped performing? And this isn't, I'm saying, I'm not saying this is what happened, but you have to wonder what, what happened? You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> this is going to be a puzzle that we're going to be trying to figure out for a long time, but oh, they're going
0: to write books about this, man. It's but, a- and, and, you know, I guess luckily, you know, the rest of the week or the rest of the, the postseason is kind of put the Mets on the back burner, <laughs> but, um,
1: you, you know what I compare this to? I compare it to like Tom Thibodeau's Knicks when they were, they, they they had that great regular season and they just ran out of gas right in time for the playoffs. And you just see the exhaustion on the players,
0: the Hawks series.
1: Yeah. It, they, they just ran out of gas and, 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 you know, it was the same kind of story. Like towards the end of the season, the team just ran out of gas. They ran out of, uh, like some, you know, every sport, you know, has luck involved and stuff like that. They were getting a lot of, uh, a lot of hits, a lot of low exit velocity hits and just keeping games going, keeping guys on, you know, and they, they just weren't showing up. Those, uh, those, those extra little luck, uh, hits weren't showing up and little things like that. It's just, it's just baseball is just such a, you're, you're you're rooting for a game of failure.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a sport that, you know, you can fail seven out of 10 times and be considered one of the best to ever do it. Like (laughs) it's, it's amazing, but, um, the rest of the postseason has been, you know, as you know, except for you know the uh, losing, what probably would have been a really, really entertaining Los Angeles Atlanta NLCS. Um, I'm still finding myself pretty excited for Phil- for Philly San Diego. I know most of the baseball world isn't, but I think this is going to be a really good series.
1: You know, I all my friends, a lot of my friends are in Philly. Uh, a lot of people that follow me on Twitter are from Philly fans, so I got a lot of love for them, but. I got to say, this is going to be one of the most miserable playoff experiences of my entire life. Because first of all, I still have a grudge against the Padres after the whole Chris Paddock thing. When I was on Twitter back then, I was going at it on a daily basis for months with Padres fans because they hated us. Because remember, Pete Alonzo, Chris Paddock, and they're they're a passionate fan base over there. So I, we were trolling each other. We were literally going on each other's posts, not even following each other, just talking shit. And uh, now it's like now the Padres are there. Now you got the Phillies who I, I can't stand the Phillies. They're there. Then I got, you know, you know, I'm not a fan of the Yankees at all. So <laughs> I got to watch them now, you know, and then the Astros with the cheating scandal. It's like I can't. There's not a team I wanted, like a, the Mariners, the Guardians. Like I wanted somebody to root for. I can't root for any of the teams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I I know I've said this on the show a few times. I used to write for about the Padres. Years ago, I actually grew up. The Padres have been my second team for years. So I didn't say a word during the during the Wildcard series. Not a word uh, about that. Um, but, you know I have a lot of friends that follow the Padres very closely. yeah, I, I I think I am finding myself rooting for the Padres, but you know the Phillies, this is, and we talked about it, you know in at great detail about how this Phillies team was built around offense. And now look where this offense has got them. I mean, they went 60-something and 40-something since June 1st. I mean, without top-flight pitching, and I believe Zach Wheeler spent some time on the I.L. as well, you know, they got hot and stayed hot. I think, you know, and plus, you know, and we're, we're recording this. I believe they're starting NLS, NLCS game one like right now. But, um, you know, look at game one, the two starters. You have – Guys in San Diego that hit Wheeler very well. You have guys in Philly that hit Darvish really well. It, it, I just think that these—I mean, it's not the dream matchup that everyone wanted, but I think this is this could shape up to be a great series.
1: Yeah, and th- doesn't that like this Philly team remind you a little bit of the, the 2015 Mets? They they have this—they have offensive star star power. They have good good pitching, but they can't field for shit. So it's like they can't it,
0: field for <laughs> shit, and I, that bullpen is so suspect. Yeah, you know, they, they did well in the um, in the Brave series. They did really well. But boy, that bullpen is just so scary to me.
1: I feel like they're going to end up doing the same thing as the Mets and they're going to make the World Series and their defense is going to cost them. And then, you know, the, the, the script was there in 2015. It's the same kind of team. Star power, some offensive bats, some good starting pitching, bullpen question marks and defense sucks. And then <laughs> they ended up costing the Mets in the World Series. So it's, it's going to be uh, interesting for sure.
0: Uh, and to match your your nightmare postseason experience, I'll have to go with uh, Yankees Phillies. Yankees Phillies. That was, that oh was the God. worst. That oh. was the absolute worst. Because um, you know it was still like that Jimmy Rollins Chase Utley pricks <laughs> that, that team, and it was your A Rod Jeter Yankees. It was um, yeah, that was a tough one to watch.
1: Oh, that 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 was yeah. I was eighteen and I was uh, full of testosterone and just cursing everybody out. I just, I, I, I didn't it, want nothing 2009,
0: to do. good for you, man. That's yeah. Oh, God bless you. <laughs>
1: that was, that was a rough one. I'll tell you.
0: Oh, 2009. I had, Oh, she's still one kid at the time, but almost had two kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 2009. No, 2006 was the one world series that I really couldn't bring myself to watch like intently. Um, the Mets lost to the Cardinals, of course. Uh, Cardinals ended up playing the Detroit Tigers. Tigers. Beat and now, them in
1: five but, games,
0: right? Yeah. And, and this is going back to our point from the first half. I mean, bad teams have one World Series. The Cardinals did it twice. They won it in 06 with 83 wins. They won it in 11 with 89 wins, I believe. You know, the Tigers probably should have walked over St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And it was said back then that the Tigers waiting for the Mets uh, Cardinals series to end. They made the layoff may have thrown them off because that was a great team. Dude, Maglio Ordonez was such I believe he was still on the team at that time. If I'm not if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, yeah, I think he retired in,
1: I'm pretty sure he retired in 2007.
0: Okay, so ah, uh, yeah, maybe he was still there because didn't yeah. he even walk off in the ALCS to send them to the World Series that year?
1: Yeah, he was he was definitely still there.
0: Maybe okay, so he was in Chicago before Detroit. Boy, I'm getting myself all twisted up and I absolutely <laughs> lost our point in the uh, in this show <laughs> here, but um you know, anything like all right, so whoever wins this NLCS, they're going to go on to either face the Yankees or Houston. Who, you know, by any you know, betting form, betting sheet, the AL team is going to be a heavy heavy favorite. There's no reason to say that the Phillies or the Padres can't knock off either one of them because it's baseball. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. I, I love it. That- I,
1: I think that. All right. If the I think if the Phillies make the World Series, I think whoever comes out of the AL wins, I think if the Padres win, uh, get, get to the World Series, I think they, they're going to be a headache. For because they're building up some some confidence over there, they're building up some, and they have the bats. That if those guys are all confident, if Juan Soto gets back to that prime. I mean, he's still in his prime, he's like 24 years old, he's a young kid still. But if he gets back to that confident, cocky uh, Juan Soto that we all know and love, uh, yeah, he's gonna be a headache in the, in the lineup. We already know that uh, uh, Manny Machado is looking good, Josh Bell. If he starts like yeah, I mean, it's just there's just so many ifs with that team that could be ridiculous. Sure. They have the starting pitch. If Hayter gets back to prime Hater, which he looks a lot better now. So if he gets back to that, they got the end locked down. It's just that they're, they're going to be a headache if they can uh, make the World Series.
0: I actually think Phillies could make waves. I don't, I'm not saying that they will beat the Padres. I'm not saying that they will win the World Series. But with an offense like that, who has power, who has contact, who has average, who has speed. I mean, you have guys like Bryson Stott and Alec Bohm, who are both very, very good young players. Stott's not quite there yet, but he will be. He's really good. Bohm had a terrific season. Um, you know, if those, if you're looking at those guys and those guys are your weak spots, not, I don't want to say weak spots, but I mean, even like Gene Segura, like, you know, you got hitters up and down that lineup. Real Muto is is, you know, he's putting together a, a fantastic career. I'm kicking myself daily watching him play saying, "Oh, how did the Mets not make a run at him and they went mm-hmm. and got James McCann instead?" It, you know, it's it's wild how a team like the Phillies can go on this sort of run and do it like we said before without the pitching that, you know, you'd expect a a team this hot to have. You know, they got Wheeler, they got Gibson. Um, it's, it's not a, an, I mean, Nola's been terrific. Noah had a, you know, Nola, Aaron Nola led all major league pitchers in f WAR this year.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that. I had no idea. I had no idea either. It's, it's one of those under, under the radar thing. This is why I love analytics because you don't get, you don't get to watch a lot of these games, you know, a lot of these out of market teams. And if you don't see the highlights, you don't see the guys lighting it up with strikeouts, you know,
0: Well, he, he had a big strikeout season,
1: but like, you know, if you, you're not seeing the, uh, the, the Jacob, Degrom esque you know, <laughs> stories all over the internet, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of keep up and then you see the, the advanced numbers and you get to really see this is, you know, uh, especially, you know, a lot of pitchers are ground ball pitchers, They don't get enough credit and the guy could be fantastic and he's, you know, getting all these ground balls and then people don't really care about That's what, you know, like guys like Stroman dealt with for years. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of ground balls and everybody's like, ah, he's, he can't strike anybody out. Who cares? You know, it's. <laughs>
0: oh, look at, look at Nelson Cortez. Look at the, um, the season that he had. And, you know, he's pitching to contact. He's not a big strikeout guy. He's pitching to contact and he's getting outs and he's doing it economically. I mean, that's pitching. You can, mm-hmm. if you can blow guys away. Great. If you can get guys to, swing at your pitch and pretty much, you know, just by placement and reading their swing, get them to, you know, induce soft contact. That's pitching, man. That that's, you know, that's,
1: well, that's like back in the day when you had guys that could throw 140 pitches because they're not, they're, they're pitching. They're not, they're not trying to blow you away. And uh, it was a whole different era. That's, it's fun to see guys like that. You know, yeah. that's, that's why I really got to appreciate, uh what was his name? Uh, Jamie Moyer watching him pitch you know, later <laughs> in his career. Guys, 48, 47 years old and throwing 82 miles an hour. And he's still going out there and uh, pitching. It was fantastic to watch.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's the beauty of this sport. It's all it's it's all of our sport. It's just it's wonderful. Um, I want to get into a little bit of wagering stuff before we sign off here. Uh, football season off and running. Um, who's your 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 sleeper? Do you have any sleepers heading into the I guess the latter portion of the season? Anybody who's surprised you? Uh,
1: pff, the Giants. I mean, look better than <laughs> I expected. You know, obviously, it's. Are you a Giants fan? No, I'm a Dolphins fan. All
0: oh, uh, right, I knew that. I'm sorry. I'm I, a Giants I, I, fan.
1: I'm a diehard Dolphins fan. So I'm not going to give the Jets the credit. I really, you know, they don't <laughs> exist to me. But uh, the, the Giants, the the real New York team. Uh, they they, they neither the, of them a real New York team. But <laughs> well, yeah, if you want to get technical, <laughs> yeah, but they, they, I mean, who who would have thought like a a coaching change like that? You know, you see it all the time. You see coaches, you know, get guys riled up and uh. You know some confidence, but we've also seen guys do that before. And well, Dan Campbell's having a good year now, but he struggled, you know, in the beginning. You know, even though he was this rowdy, you know, everybody's like, "I'll run through a brick wall, I'll bite your kneecaps off." You know, <laughs> now, now it's starting to pay off. But the Giants, <laughs> hear, kneecaps uh, off. That's what he said. It. That's what he said. In our, <laughs> our team's gonna bite your kneecaps off. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, the the Giants, uh, really flipped that switch. Uh, Daniel Jones looks so confident. It's this, uh, it's real nice to see a player that's been criticized for so many, you know, years and now he's really, uh, turning it around.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. He took a lot of heat and it's tough to play in New York. It's, you know, that, that's no question. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I I won't make any qualms about it. I pegged the Giants for four wins this year. Uh, This is, you know, I'm having a blast watching a very very entertaining football team this there's they play spirited ball their defense is is swarming at times their second halves are outstanding and again I'm a I'm a Giants fan I'm a lifelong Giants fan so uh, you know this is biased to a certain extent but over the last few years it's been really really hard to watch this team and uh it's fun again this is great
1: it, it, it's, it's so exciting. So just watch these, uh these teams develop and become these little feisty pain in the asses that you looked at in, in the preseason, you looked at the schedule, you're like, eh, there's a win there. There's a win there. And all of a sudden some of those good teams are like, we could probably beat that team. And then you look at a team like the giants, like, eh, they might give us a hard time. You know, it's- yeah, well, look
0: at the Bengals last year. You know, nobody had them really pegged to be a, 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 a super bowl contender. And, oh, no. you know, it's- you, you put things together and, that confidence you were just talking about—you you see it, you feel it—and you know, you you just keep it moving. It's uh, it's special. I like Dable a lot. I think he's he's changed the culture really quick.
1: Yeah, and you look at uh, in the preseason, I'll I'll admit it—I could not have been any more wrong about the Broncos. I was so excited to watch this team. <laughs> I I'll tell you, I'll, I you know, I'm a big Russell Wilson guy. I've always been a big Russell Wilson guy, and I'm starting to kind of lose that little fan fanhood that I had for him because it's like. It's just uh, now you're hearing reports that players can't talk to him unless they talk to his manager, and oh. it's like it, there's a oh whole, a
0: he's whole got other so many side. weapons around him too. It's a shame.
1: Yeah, he's got weapons all over the place. I mean, you know, Jerry Judy is so talented. I love this kid, and I still like KJ Hamler personally. Yeah, he, and he's he doesn't really get many snaps, but when he, when he, he <laughs> when he gets in there though, he makes he makes some big catches. He had a big catch. Uh, the last game, you barely see him, but when he, when you see him, it's, it's a big play. So, yeah. but
0: uh, um, losing Williams hurt them. Um I think, you know, if Gordon can, can play up, that's good. But I know I think he was dealing with some injury things too. No.
1: Oh yeah. He got benched. He, uh, Did he really, yeah. So I, I, uh, I was, I was big on the fade Melvin Gordon train. Like I, I wanted to
0: stay far
1: away from his props, uh, and I'm I'm glad I did because he ended up getting I think three snaps and then Latavius Murray who came off the street uh, ended up getting a bulk of the carries and looked really good. So uh, Melvin crazy. Gordon's done I think and I don't think he's going to be a big part of that. As long as Latavius Murray is healthy, I think he's going to take that job. So
0: yeah. Um, anything cooking for the NBA season? Uh, what do you what are your outlooks for the Knicks? Um.
1: You know, we'll 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 see how it gels out. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's another one of those things where it's like, you know, is is Brunson the guy? Like, you know, is he yeah, gonna be the a, guy? Prove
0: it. This is very much prove it to me territory for this team. I love it. Let me see it first.
1: Yeah. So, like, you know, he's uh, looking good. He looked good in preseason, but yeah, you know, what Julius Randall are you gonna get? You know, R.J. Yeah. Barrett is he gonna take a step forward, or he can very well take a step back? You know, you don't you don't really know these things about players that are in their like third year. You know, that's uh it's a weird thing did he peak yet but uh i think rj is going to be even better you know he he just looks like he's on a path for for greatness for
0: i i actually think their x factor is going to be cam reddish and uh, listeners you can go ahead and cook me in three months when i'm probably wrong but i think that he's one of the more talented players on this roster i just think he needs time to acclimate himself to get confident I think Cam Reddish can be an all-star. Oh, you <laughs> no. uh, let's not go that far. But I think he has that potential. But this isn't a basketball podcast; it's a baseball one. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, this is my ass and my elbow. I'm confusing the two as I talk.
1: Hey, you know, it's the the end of the med season, so we, we're trying to try to mix it up for the you know for the view for the listeners.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Ah, uh, Jerry, you got um anything cooking over at Dimers? I know you guys stay busy over there yeah well we, we're doing
1: our usual content we do you know uh thursday night we do a uh, proper chop every thursday we do it sundays and mondays where i give a prop uh we have a guest on that gives a prop and the host greg picks which prop he likes the most and he's picked a lot of winners so if you followed that show and you picked everything that greg picked he'd be up a lot of money right now so that's pretty cool we're gonna have something cooking for basketball too uh, you know, we're gonna have something similar going for basketball. So we're always gonna have some content flowing out for for gamblers.
0: All right, cool. Well, you guys know where to follow. It's dimers.com. Uh Jerry, you are paranormal base.
1: Paranormal underscore base on underscore Twitter.
0: base. I'm sorry, I knew that. <laughs> Paranormal underscore base, and it's parlay J. It's uh J Sharp. I mean, we can we can go on for days, we don't have that much time left. Um Dude, I can't thank you enough for coming back on the show. We have fun every time you're back.
1: Tim, anytime you want me on the show, I'm, I'm ready.
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, we, we, don't, we tried to do this two nights in a row. Then the Yanks got postponed. And then, oh, let's wait and do a uh, uh, NLCS, ALCS preview. And now we're recording it literally through the second inning of the NLCS. So.
1: And, hey. and the kick, the, the first game of uh, basketball. So it's, it's, it's a good time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How many TVs you got on mute right now?
1: Uh, one, well, it's only one game on right now. Tomorrow's the big day.
0: (laughs) I have, I have two, I got two TVs in the towel and the uh, iPad. So, you know, we're in in the same boat. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, we'll be back very soon with a new episode, new content going up at the Apple all the time. If you see Taryn on Twitter, tell him what's up, tell him to come on back soon. I know he's very busy with his new gigs. So, uh, we will certainly welcome him back with, uh, all the popping circumstance that deserves. And otherwise, you know, you know, the sign off it's let's fucking go Mets. I don't care. It's the off season. It's still the sign off. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.